Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I sound really loud. Am I loud to y'all? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Father. So tonight, Pastor Jerry honored me by asking me to speak tonight, which is without words. I, can't, I don't have words for what an honor it is to be at this pulpit. So that's something that uh, I don't take lightly. And anytime the Holy Spirit and I get to be a vessel, it's a big deal to me. And so when Pastor Jerry asked me, uh, I'd already kind of had something kind of flowing in me already. Um, he kind of asked me if I had an idea of what I wanted to speak on. And I, I thought, you know, I think I do. And you guys, um, anybody who's been coming to Wednesday nights, Pastor Jerry's been speaking on stress-free living, right? Yes, which how many of us would embrace stress-free living, right? And so, you know, um, for me, all things are possible in Christ. I always have had that knowing that there's nothing that I face that I think is too big for God. And so... As I was um, asking God about that, because I think the thing is, is with stress in our lives, it's usually because something has come in our life that feels bigger than God, that feels overwhelming, that feels more than we can handle, that, that stress, to me, is when you face something that you don't see a solution to, or you think is too much. And so, as I was um, listening to Pastor Jerry... I think it was a week and a half ago. It wasn't this Sunday, but the Sunday before. Um, he said the scripture in Ephesians where it says, when you've, all done, when you've done all things to stand, stand. Now, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I usually end up telling on myself. But, you know, sometimes I did not really like that verse. I'm like, okay, I've done all to stand, and I'm standing, and I don't see anything different. And so I believe I'm not the only one in that. And the thing for me was that I believe that brings stress. <laughs> when, you know, we've been taught, we're word of faith people. We've been taught you speak the word, it changes things, and there you go. Right. And so, um, for me, when I run up against something that I don't feel like it's working, then I sit down and I talk with God. I say, you got to explain this to me because... I know it's not your fault. I know you're not withholding from me. You're not making it tricky. You're not making it hard. You're not saying, well, you jumped through that hoop, but not this one. I know that's not God. God doesn't make things hard. He doesn't make things complicated. He doesn't make things hard to figure out. But what he does do is that God asks us to take the time to find our place in any situation with him. My little phrase I say to myself that when I find myself in an overwhelming situation, I always tell myself I need to find God. And it's not because he's, <laughs> he's hiding. It's that if I find myself overwhelmed, then it's because I'm not connected, that I'm not, I haven't found that place in him where I am sure to where I stand in a situation, okay? So... With that being said, um, the part that, that I want us to really focus on tonight, and I feel like the Holy Spirit's really led me to this place, is that the having done all. Because that's where I think that we can um, get frustrated. It's like, well, I have done all. Like, I did it all. I did. Pastor Jerry said, do this, 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 and this, and I did it. And then I stand, and I don't see anything. So, just being honest with y'all. <laughs> so, so, for me, um, the having done all is what I asked God. I said, because all of a sudden, when Pastor Jerry read that scripture, it said, having done all, stand. So, there, there's, there's, a, there's a gap there, right? So, the having done all is what I started to ask, because this is my conversations. I'm like, okay, God, I, I want to know that I stand, because... If we're honest with ourselves, I know with m myself that if there's something that's not flowing right, 
and I check where I'm standing, I can feel the scratchy that I'm not really standing. Like, like if you really ask me, I might be able to find a little shaky area, okay? And so that's when I started to investigate this having done all. That's what I wanted to find out. And so I'm going to read to you, in some and I didn't do the overheads, and I apologize. I'm going to have to, like, get more savvy with that. So y'all are going to have to just listen to me read a couple times because <laughs> I wanted to read Ephesians. I am being kind of techie. I just would like it for the record. <laughs> but um, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, and we're going to read through 14. And I'm going to read it to you in the New Living because I just – feel like it had some really powerful words in there. And it says, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore... Put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on, and he starts to go through the armor of God. So at first I thought, okay, it must be the armor of God. But then I felt a quickening that that, nope, not yet. So just there's a moment before the armor of God, okay? So, yeah. This is what he, he gives me phrases. My husband laughs at my, I mean, my notes are, and believe me, it'll, it, it, it's usually sentences. It's not, we have to go through a million scriptures, but there are a few, so be ready. It says, when you are in a trial, a problem, or a place where what you are believing for is not happening, that can cause stress to your stress-free life, okay? So... Oftentimes, we are led to the scripture, having done all to stand. Now, the first thing that I really, the Holy Spirit led me to was this. Having done all to stand. So, we know it's a fight. When you have decided there's something you're believing God for, there's going to be resistance. I would love to tell you that the minute you give, put your request before the Lord, that it just rolls out like a red carpet, and there it is. But it's not like that. Because there's an enemy. Because if he doesn't want us to figure out that connection with God brings success in your life. He doesn't want to know that if he doesn't want us to know that if we bring our request before the Lord, we're promised that he hears them and they'll be accomplished. He doesn't want us to understand that. Because if we understand that, then we understand the power of connection with God. We get it. So there's a resistance to the day you decide. This is what I'm declaring over something, okay? Um, for those of you who don't know, um, my husband and I um, run cattle outside of church. Not in church, but outside of church. <laughs> and, um, and I have horses. And I have a few horses. My husband might tell you I have too many horses. But <laughs> anyway, and so there's things. For me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simple this down to... Rather than a big giant thing, I'm going to tell you how I walk it through in my own life. Because God teaches me in smaller things so that when I face a bigger thing, I've practiced it in the smaller things. That's, a, that's one thing that I will tell you right now is that learning to walk in believing God for things and watching him work on your behalf started in small. Don't, don't dive yourself into the things that you've never believed for before. It's kind of like um, uh, I've... I've I always try to start my day where God is connect. I'm connected to him, and I'm listening to him. So when you decide there is something you've decided you're declaring you're believing for, the resistance begins. But here's what we need to know. The first thing is this. We're on the offense, not the defense. Do you see how the mentality of that is completely different? If you think you're on the defense to guard what you're believing for, then you're always reacting to what the enemy brings at you. But if you are on the offense, um, I can be a little competitive, and I can be a little 
Uh, what would be a good word? <laughs> anyway, and so I like to like, you don't kind of win, you like annihilate them win, okay? And so when you're thinking of believing God for something and you're going after it, you're on the offense. You begin with the advantage. You don't try to get the advantage. You begin in the winning position. So you got to get that in your head first. It's like, um, because again, we're learning stress-free living. So stress-free living means I'm not stressed, right? <laughs> and so one of the big things that can start that where you're not stressed at the resistance you face is understanding that you start from an offensive position. It's kind of like when you're in basketball, we'll just put it there. When you have the ball, you're deciding how the play's gonna go, how the, the, the points are gonna be scored, right? It's your plays, it's how you're gonna do it. It's not, when you're on the defense, you're watching them to see what they're gonna do and stop them from it. But when you're on the offense, you call the shots. You decide. You decide how this goes. You decide, and when you know that you know that you're in the, you're on the team that wins already, that's gonna that's going to t start to alleviate the stress of what you face. So the big thing that God put in me was that we begin on the offense. We're already we're already on the winning side, and we're calling the shots. This is what I'm declaring. This is what I'm believing. This is how it's going to go because I'm promised in the word. And that's the next thing. So the next thing I want to challenge you guys. Um, so Pastor Jerry teaches us this, but sometimes I think, including myself, we don't always take the time to truly be practical and apply what he tells us, okay? And so one of the things that he's always told us is be honest with yourself of where you are in your stand. Be honest. That's the biggest thing I can tell you is that something that um, God's always shown me in my life is if I'm honest with where I'm standing, then he can help me get better. But if I snow myself <laughs> and I say the scriptures Pastor Jerry said to say, I, um, I pray the time you're supposed to pray, I say the things you're supposed to say that I'm standing. But here's where I want, here is a signal for a better way of putting it, and it's one I use in my own life, is that when I am getting anxious in the stand, then I need to back up and see if I've done what it takes to stand with confidence. So if I'm wavering and getting nervous and anxious and it's not happening and how come it's not and, and I did this and I did that and I did this, that's a flag that says maybe I didn't. Maybe I said it, but maybe I didn't take the time to let it sink in and be real. Because if you're not honest with where you are walking with God, then God can't help you do it better. He... Um, and that's not a bad thing. I think the biggest freedom I think any of us can have in Christ <laughs> or in life in general is to be okay that you're not good at something. It's like I think we spend a lot of our lives protecting anyone knowing that maybe I don't know what I'm doing or protecting maybe I'm not really walking in faith. Maybe I don't really believe I'm healed. Maybe I don't really think God meets all my needs. Maybe, I, maybe I'm wavering on that. Well, a lot of times people want to cover that well, when you cover that, you're not going to get your victory. You're just going to be living a life that isn't accomplishing what it says it should, okay? So to me, I love when God gives me the secret of why it's not working. I love that. I love him to tell me, Amy, you're not real here, or Amy, did you hear your words here and here? They're not matching up. You know, did you hear what you said there and you didn't say it here? Or, or um, did you notice you're kind of fuzzed up at that person and you didn't forgive them, so I can't help you here? Or you're still carrying that. You haven't let it go. You say you trust me, but you really didn't let it go and you're still carrying it, so you're in my way. He often tells me I'm in his way. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> so, 
that's where those are the things. Start check because to me, what's the goal? To win. <laughs> like we're gonna win, people. And if you want to win, then you do what it takes to win, right? Um, so to me, the first big thing is to get in your head that you're on the offense. You're already on the winning team. You're, all you got to do is figure out the, you just got to hear the play. That's all you got to do. And the second thing is, is check. Check if, if you're wavering in the stand and you, and you want to quit and you think it's stupid and why am I doing this, <laughs> then, then back yourself up just a little ways and go back to the having done all, okay? So now we're going to talk a little bit more about the having done all. Because one of the things I think Word of Faith can sometimes get us wrapped up in, if we're not careful, is um, the rules of having done all, okay? See, again, honesty is the big deal here between you and God. It's the moment that I'm more concerned about what someone else thinks I'm doing spiritually is the moment I'm in trouble. When I'm concerned about whether you guys think I'm standing in faith more than whether I'm really standing in faith, I'm in trouble. But if I can just be honest between me and God and you and me, it's like we're all figuring this out. Everybody's figuring this out. It's not like you just wake up one morning and you got it all figured out. But you get to get better at it. You win quicker. You know, you get better. And so that... Um, that's one of the first things you have to do. Another thing he really put in my heart was this. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. I think we would all agree with that, but we really have to do it. See, that's the thing. If anything I could send you home with is this. Be real with what you're doing with God. Don't just automatically say, yep, 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 yep. Don't do that. If you have a quickening to just say yes too quickly, stop yourself <laughs> and go, do I really mean yes? Do I really believe that? Did I really do my homework and find the things that tell me this is true? Or am I just going on someone else's word and there's going to be a moment where my stand is going to make me fall? That's not God's fault. And it doesn't make you a big screw up. All you got to do is stop and go, okay, apparently that wasn't as real as I thought it was. And it's not a deal breaker to God. God's not devastated by our trips, our falls, our whoops. <laughs> He's never freaked out by our failures, okay? To him, they're not failures. To us, they're failures. To him, they're not a big deal. I think we take ourselves a little too seriously. God doesn't take it as serious as we do. It's like... He's like, just flow with me. And if you fall, have you ever been with a tiny little person who's learning to walk? It's like you just go with them. They bite the dirt. I think they have extra cushioning, though, because it never hurts them like it would if I bit like that. <laughs> but, and you just pick them up. You don't even, sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I didn't even, like, you just pick them up and keep them going. <laughs> you know, it's like, pick them up, keep them going. <laughs> Wait till they're stable and let them keep walking. That is what God does with us. He is not freaked out that you just tripped and fell. He's not freaked out that you just let the enemy deceive you. He's not, you know, there's none of those things. So we got to, we got to, don't make this such a big deal in, in the pass or fail of it. Okay. Just keep going. Um, one of the big things we have to check is your first decision is the decision that God is my source for victory for every answer and way of life. If you've not made that decision, then your stand will never be strong. It won't take much to cause you to waver. Now, in the Passion Translation, in James 1, um, you know, because wavering is an indication that you aren't solid in what you're standing in. And, and it's me too. So I say you, I mean me in the you. Is that okay? Do you guys understand? <laughs> I'm not saying you guys, I've got this. It's you guys. No. <laughs> so um, in James 1, verse 6, um, let me get this. In verse 6, it says, Just make sure you ask, empowered by confident faith, without doubting that you will receive. For the ambivalent person 
believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute and tossed down the next. Another key. <laughs> so it's not that you're going to, you know, I've had moments in my life where I have faced things that um, are hard. So I am not saying that you're, you're going to feel great the whole time you're standing for something, okay? Let's be real. There's going to be moments where you feel anxious, overwhelmed, all those kind of things. But if you have established a true foundation, then you go back to that. If you feel yourself going, okay, this is started. I, I'm up and I'm down. Um, I, can give, <laughs> I can give you things like, for me, um, I, I practice this with my animals because they don't have their own opinion. So it's just me and they, I have the authority over them and I don't have to worry about their opinion. <laughs> People are harder, <laughs> animals are easy. <laughs> and so, but I, I walk things out. So for me, um, if there's something wrong with one of my animals, well, that's not the blessing. It's a violation of my covenant. It's, it's a violation. Those are the kind of things you have to start noticing. Sometimes in our stand, we let violations slide because we don't think it's a really big deal until they keep building and there you find yourself unstable in your stand so you got to catch the violations don't let the enemy have little bits don't let him you know sometimes we think well uh, I can let him have it's not that bad as long as he doesn't do this right well I would tell you right now catch him at the little Catch him right there because, remember, we're on the offense. So when you're on the offense, you have a momentum. There's a momentum there. When you're on the offense and you're walking and you're, and, and you're walking in something you're believing for and you're pursuing something that you know has to change, you're on the offense and you can't give him a little bit. So, But have you ever noticed that when you have the momentum, you can catch little things quick? It's like a quick thing. It's like, it's not, you don't have to stop and lament over it. When you're on the momentum of the offense, when you see something the enemy's trying to do, you can catch it quick. And that's what I've learned to do even with, um, like, uh, I have a cat. That's one of my favorite cats. I have three cats. But there's one cat that he's just a little blessing to myself. And, but he's an indoor, and I live out in the country where there's a heck of a lot of coyotes. Like, a lot of coyotes. And one of the things that I believe is that my animals are blessed. So I don't keep my, if I wanted to be fearful, I could keep my cat in the house 24 hours a day. But it would drive him crazy and me. And I'm not, and I want him to be outside. I want him to, you know. So I literally, as I'm taking him and letting him outside, I just plead the blood of Jesus over him. I said, no, no coyote's going to eat my cat. And I, go, and I go on my way because I catch those little things. Now, some people are like, who the heck cares if a coyote eats a cat? It's like there's lots of cats out there. And I understand that. But it's my practice. It's like it's my I'm on the offense. So no, I'm not going to have to believe God if my cat Jack comes up with blood on him because a coyote got a hold of him. See, I'm going to be on the offense. So I say, nope, I believe the blood of Jesus over him before I turn him out there. And devil, you don't get a smack at my cat, okay? So... Those are little things. But the thing is your momentum. Keep your momentum going forward. So in a stand, another thing that God really brought to me was this, is that you can't be half-hearted because if you're half-hearted, if you're kind of in, it's kind of like, and I'm going to probably step on toes, but Pastor Jerry said I could come up here so y'all can't be mad at me. So, <laughs> so let's say you have a cold. Or a cold is trying to get on you, okay? I have done this in my life. I don't do it now because I have learned my lesson. But another moment to quick catch it. You feel a little funny little thing in the back of your throat? Right then. I have learned that. It's like, because sometimes <laughs> I may or may not go, huh, I could really kind of lay around the house if I feel just a little bit puny. And then Rod won't make me go out and work out in the cold. And... <laughs> And so, but it was like, but then if I let this much in, pretty soon I'm laying on the couch going, oh, I wish I was outside in the cold rather than the way I feel. 
So, but it's also a practice. See, one of the things about being on the offense is you're always, um, you have your eyes on the prize, right? That hoop, if you're in basketball, that hoop is where you're looking to stick the basketball. That's all, that's the prize. There isn't a second prize, right? <laughs> There's not, well, that was really good pay. You didn't score a basket, but we'll give you like one point because it looked cool, but you didn't score a basket. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's one, there's, there's one goal. So the one goal, when you're on the offense, you are focused and headed towards it. That's another part of your stand, is that when you keep yourself in remembrance of why you get your stand, that's what keeps your momentum. Now, what I mean by that is this. One of the things that we have to decide is just saying I'm standing is not standing, okay? Just saying I'm standing is not standing. That's another thing to check yourself. If you want to win, I mean, do you guys want to win? Because you have to kind of be aggressive. You can't just say, yeah, I'm standing. No, you have to say, yeah, I'm standing, and this is why. And you find your scriptures. That means something to you. Not the one Pastor Jerry quotes, unless it's the one the Holy Spirit gave to you. Find your own. It could be weird, freaky ones. Like when Rod had an attack on his kidneys, it wasn't by his stripes I'm healed. It was he'll see his children's children serve God. So you can't see your children's children serve God if you die before they get here, right? So that was his scripture. So you got to be willing to do the work to find the scripture. You can't just kind of sort of because the enemy loves kind of sort of. He will kick your hind end with kind of sort of. He'll just go, oh, you're just kind of, sort of, I so got this. Because now he's going to win. <laughs> like, do you ever see a guy, <laughs> this is, I don't know why it's basketball tonight. I wasn't even that great basketball player. But anyway, <laughs> and you know, like when the point guard's dribbling, you can tell they can't handle the ball well. Hello, someone who's on defense who can steal the ball. They pick up on that. Oh, they can't dribble well. And here they come, right? They see your weakness. That's what the enemy looks for. Now. Side note there. The other thing you wanted me to make sure to say is it's not having done all perfect. It's having done all that he told you to. See, there's different times. There's different stands. It's, it's not I'm going to do my whole entire life perfect. Okay, this is what I'm going to stand for. Let's say you have a bill that you don't have the money for. We'll just, I'm sure no one in here has ever experienced that, but we'll just say. <laughs> and you have a bill that you don't got the money for. So here's what you do is you decide, I'm going to find the scriptures that promise me that he'll meet my needs. And I find the one that speaks to me, or the two, or the three. You have to do that. You can't pretend like you're standing, <laughs> because he will steal the ball. And then you're on the defense. I hate the defense. It's way more work. Hello, isn't it? Because you don't know where they're going, so you run a lot more. When you're on the offense, you get to just run to your spot, maybe have to run across the key, but maybe not, and you don't have to work as hard. But when you're on the defense, you are at their mercy. And so with this is find the scriptures you know that go, okay, there, now I'm solid. This is why I know that God will meet my need in this bill. Now you start moving. Now you're on the offense. Do you see how... When the enemy, because he can't argue the word. He can only argue if you can't handle it right. <laughs> because you picked one that you don't even believe. <laughs> but if you pick the one you know, then he has nothing to say to you. He has no authority over the word of God. You automatically win. The only time he'll get an edge is if he knows you're wavering because you're not sure you believe it. That's the only way. But if you know what you've spoke is true, he loses automatically. It's like a three-point shot. Come on, people. So then, okay. <laughs> Hi. So you find your scriptures because that's huge. I, I understand that sometimes we're like, do I really have to? Don't wait till you have a fight that you have no choice. <laughs> Don't wait for that because that's like for me, I, um, that's why I like a cold. I catch it quick because then when I'm like laying on the floor and I have a fever and I can't hardly move, 
I'm not so good at it. <laughs> but if I catch it when, and, and I'll make myself, like, let's say I know we're going to work tomorrow, and I feel icky the night before. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going. And there have been times in Rod has watched me where I drag myself out there, and I may have extra flares on because everything feels colder than it should, and I may ache, but I'm like, no, devil, because sometimes our actions prove to him, no, I believe the word, no matter how I feel, right. no matter what it looks like, I believe the word that I, that I got from the Holy Spirit. So sometimes your actions show and, and I'm a little bit like, you want a piece of me, devil? I'm going to do this. And I might overdo. <laughs> like, I'll do extra just to show him he ain't got nothing in me. You see what I'm saying? So, so that, your stand is an offensive position. It is not a defensive position. Okay. I, I say, God, please don't let me get all scrappy because I can get scrappy. And I don't, it makes me look, yeah, my husband, he sees my scrappy. I try to control it. <laughs> okay, so now, do you know what you need to know? That's the thing. So it says, um, I looked up in the scriptures where it says done all to stand, the done all in the strongs, and it was kind of cool. And I, the Holy Spirit gave me some words to add to it. So it says to work fully, not to kind of work it, to work it fully, which I put till it's solid in you. Work it fully till it's solid. It's like, um, uh, sorry, like one of my horses, I'm running barrels on him. So when he first started, it was not solid in him. <laughs> so we had to practice. We had to practice till now when I take him to that pattern, he knows to turn everyone, and he does it well. But it took practice till it was solid in him. That's for us. You read that scripture. You talk to the Holy How do I get it solid? The Holy Spirit. You say, Holy Spirit, I need a scripture that's solid. What's, what's my scripture? And you find it. Now, you gotta, now remember, do you want to win? Because that is what it takes. You can't, yeah, I want to win, but I don't want to have to work at it then how are you going to win? <laughs> if you're playing basketball, like I used to play one-on-one -on -one with one of my brothers, and he's just two years younger than I am, and he's better than I was. And, but it was good for me, but I played horse with him, and, but I'd make him like, I'd make rules because <laughs> he was really good, and I wasn't. <laughs> so like I would make him like no fancy shots, no like I'd make him like, okay, no left-handed, just right-handed because I wasn't good in my left hand. And it's, but it's like, you got to work it in you till it's solid, till it's solid. And then it says another part, meaning of it is to accomplish, to finish it, to work it out within you. So that's your moment of having done all, is when you've worked it within you till it's solid. You're like, I've, you know, okay, you get the verse. Look up what the different words in the strong mean. Sometimes when you do that, it gives it even more meaning. You're like, oh, my gosh. And so then look at your, get your scriptures and then study them. Let the Holy Spirit, like, it's the most coolest adventure. It's like you get to find out what things mean that you didn't even know. It's like, whoa, that was an, oh, I didn't even know that. And pretty soon you get, like, when I was looking at that having done all, I'm like, oh, that's good. That you're going to work it within yourself. You're going to accomplish it. So that you having done all, stand. Now you see, if you hadn't done all, and then you try to stand, you see how it's, you could be a little wavery and not very confident. But you having done all, then you stand. Because it's not like the enemy's going to go, oh, she's done all, and now I got nothing. No. Because <laughs> I would love to tell you that that's the end of the story. It's not. <laughs> so then. But it keeps you on the offense. You, now you're on the offense still, okay? So you've done all. And now you're gonna, you've got your scriptures. You've made it solid. It's like, no, this is why I know it's the truth of what I'm believing for. Like this, my bill's paid. So we'll say that it was Philippians 4.19, that he meets all my needs according to his riches and his glory. Now you get that real inside yourself, according to his riches should do it for us. Because God's got a heck of a lot of money, right? There is no end to what he has. So if he meets my needs according to his riches, I should have no stress 
over an unpaid bill, right? So we make, it, we make that solidness that he meets all my needs according to his riches and glory, and I make my stand. Now, this is where, just like in a good play, game of basketball, if they're a good defense, they're going to try to stop you from the basket, right? Well, that's the enemy's going to do. But if you've got a good offense that's better than a defense, and we do, unless we were tricking ourselves and deceived ourselves and never had it solid, but if we do have it solid, we're guaranteed the win. Our offense always trumps his defense. Always. So you stand. He tries to throw. It's three days till the bills due. Still no money. My husband and I may have had that experience a few times in our lives. <laughs> okay, now it's the day of. And it's more money than I have. See, he's still, he's still pushing. But if I have my stand, it doesn't matter. He didn't say, I'll meet your needs according to my riches and glory if it seems reasonable or if it's, you know, there's, you needed to give me 30 days notice and you didn't, sorry. Or, no, he said he would. So every time it looks like he's not, what do I do? I, I keep on my offense and I keep declaring what's solid in me. So that is how we get on our game so that we kick his hind end completely out and we see the fulfillment of what we're believing for. So now, do you know what you know? That's a, that's a big one. And then the having done all does not mean perfection, but it means you're willing to be tweaked and adjusted. Okay, so we get frustrated in the stand sometimes because it seems like it's taking longer than we would like it to, and it doesn't seem like anything's changing. That person's still ugly, or that bill's still there, or, you know, any, I still feel like crud or any of those things, and you're still feeling or seeing what says it's not working. Then the thing is, is that you have to be willing, even in our stand. See, that's the thing, is that we're always a work in progress. It's just always. And just, to me, it's okay. I don't, it doesn't make me feel sad because I didn't get it immediately. What I love is when God will just give me that little... <coughs> And I'm like, oh, I get it. So keep, keep being willing to be moldable, to be changeable, and to be tweakable. <laughs> it's like let God keep helping you. It's like when you get out there, let him keep helping you. Don't just, well, I made my stand, and it was real. No, 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 no. You keep letting God speak. You keep letting the Holy Spirit speak. Don't, you know... The things that will want to come are anxiety and fear and dread. <laughs> and those kind of things want to come. Well, see, that's where you're not standing in your own strength. You're standing in the power of the word of God. You're standing in the power of God. That's the other thing is that, you know, one of the things is that taking the time to make firm your confidence in God's ability in you, through you, to win the battle you face. And that means that you have, you, we have to remind ourselves that it is God in me, my hope and glory, not Amy doing the steps good. It's God in me moving through me on my behalf. So that is, those are the things that we just have to keep alive within ourselves. It's that there are certain revelations that we must know to fight. It can be as simple as knowing that God wants you to win, that you're valuable to him, that the enemy has nothing that is more powerful than God. So you just got to check yourself. Do I, do I believe that God's good all the time? Do I believe that this word is true and absolute? Do I really believe that? Do I believe that God's bigger and tougher than the devil. Sometimes we can just get intimidated by the enemy. And it's like we forget that God's bigger. We forget whose team we're on. <laughs> we forget we win. We, you know, because the only thing the enemy's good at is giving you a bunch of hooey. It's like he'll just make himself look like, like whatever will make us be scared. He'll just, he takes on whatever might scare you. He takes on whatever might intimidate you. 
he takes on. He just looks for what might shake you. So all you got to do, even if you feel the shaking, just go right here. Just remind yourself who loves you, who wants ultimate success for you, who paid the ultimate price so you wouldn't have to stress, so you wouldn't have to be fearful. Who did that for you? He did it. He gave everything he could so that you wouldn't have to. You've got to, we have to remind ourselves of that. Who loves us the best in the whole universe? God. And he wants a win every time. He's not the, like Pastor Jerry says, it isn't who played best and it doesn't matter who wins. That is such a bunch of hooey because the enemy would love us to think, <laughs> oh, we just, you know, we tried hard. No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> so, and that reminds me of one of my more favorite stories <laughs> is um, David and Goliath. Because have y'all ever read what he says he's going to do to Goliath? It's a little violent, but so cool. Come on. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, what in the world? I mean, it doesn't that, isn't that the ultimate, therefore, stand? I mean, he comes into this place, and his big brothers, don't you think his big brothers wanted to just, like, punch him? Because he's like, he comes in, and, you know, they're all hiding and fearful, and, oh, my gosh, Goliath is big, and he's got a huge sword, and he could, you know, kill all of us. And David just comes in there because his dad sent him to go check on your brothers. I mean, how many moms and dads do that? Go check on your brothers and tell me how they're doing. <laughs> Which, I thought I was going to send them into a battle. But anyway, and uh, he goes in there. And, you know, little brothers who don't know they can't do anything. I have a little brother. And it's like they think they can do anything. They're like, what? I can do anything I want to. My mom said. <laughs> you know, it's like, they're like, so he comes in there and he's like, you mean if we kill him, we get what? You know, and he, he was smaller. He's the little brother. So it's not like he's bigger than his other brothers. He's little. And, but here's the thing. As I was reading this, David had done all to stand. Because what does he tell Saul, because King Saul called for him, because who is this kid who thinks he can win against Goliath? So he goes there, and he's talking to King Saul, and King Saul's like, how in the world are you going to kill Goliath? You're little. You have nothing. What are you doing? And he's like, well, I was protecting my sheep where my father had me. See? See, God, God's, God's tuning you. Sometimes you're doing, having done all to stand, and you don't even know what you're going to stand for. He's having you do some alls that's preparing you for some stands that you don't even know are ahead of you. Like, that can happen too, which that's a whole nother. I won't go down that road. But yes. <laughs> so David's out there, and what did he do? He slayed the bear, and he slayed the lion. Little kid. And he's like, but he knew who did it in him. David knew God. He knew who he was stand whose side he was standing on. So then Saul... That's the other thing that God wanted me to bring out tonight, too, is that your armor. So having done all to stand, stand. And then it proceeds to tell us to put on our armor, right? Oh, my gosh, there I am. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so he tells us, put on your armor. And so and, and, he, and he lines out what the armor is, right? And I'm not going to go through all that because, as you can tell, I have no problem talking about all this. So <laughs> that might take a little more time than we need. <laughs> so. You're supposed to put your armor on. Well, your armor is righteousness and faith and truth and, and the sword of the spirit. And, you know, all of your armor is the power of God, right? All of your armor is what God has given you. So you put that on in your stand because now you have his armor on. So you not only have his revelation, you have his armor on and you're standing, okay? So then David, Saul's trying to put his armor on David. Now, how is that going to work? He's a little kid. <laughs> and he put it on. He tried, I mean, I'm sure he couldn't even walk. <laughs> and he finally went, I don't want to wear natural armor. See, that's the other thing we've got to check ourselves. When you're in your stand, make sure you're not trying to figure it out in your mental armor. Here, don't, don't, don't try to tell yourself, well, this, sound, this makes sense, or this is what I should do. See, 
natural armor and spiritual armor, there's no comparison. But you have to have a confidence. You've got to know what you have. Like when he puts all that, you know, no, I'm not going to go into my sci-fi side. Okay, so <laughs> you put your armor on. So David puts on an armor. It doesn't fit. He's like, this is not going to work. So he gets it off. He's like, yeah, no, <laughs> just give me my sling and my stones, right? Because he knew what armor he did have on. He knew what armor he did have on. And then, remember, your stand's offensive, right? You're on the offense. And so what does he do? This I have to read part of this because it's so stinking cool. It's like, so in Samuel 17, it talks about David and Goliath. And this is, we're going to start wrapping this up, I promise, because I could talk on this for a long time because it's so it's like, you got to decide, I win. And devil, you don't. You don't even have anything to beat me with. You have nothing. He has nothing. It's like, and sometimes, you just got to tell him, you got nothing on me. You have nothing. I'm a child of God. You have nothing on me. I don't care how scary you look. You've got nothing on me. Nothing. All I do is declare the word of the Lord, and you have to go. You've got nothing. I don't even have to physically touch you. I just have to speak the word, and you die. And so... Don't get me going, people. So then we're in Samuel. So the Philistine, Goliath, and David. <laughs> I love, so David figures out there's pretty stinking good prize for if you kill Goliath, right? And so it says, um, here's where David says, it says, Then David said to the Philistine, Goliath, You come to me with a sword with a spear, with a javelin, natural armor, natural weapons, right? But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. See, you have to get that, devil, you don't get to mess with me, and you don't get to mess with my God. You don't get to mess with his name, his power, his authority. It's like you don't get to try to dishonor anything about it. And so you have to get, like, Loyal to God. It's like, you got to be loyal to God. You don't make my God, you don't even try. I mean, not that he can do anything to God, but, but you don't even get to try. So you just start smashing him immediately. And so then he says, um, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. This little guy is telling a nine-foot giant, <laughs> the Lord's going to deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines, plural, not even just Goliath, all y'all. He's like, I, everybody. To the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hands. And then I just have to read this last little part because it's so cool says so it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine he wasn't even like <laughs> like okay God he's gonna run towards me and then you just like strike him dead before he gets to me no no this little kid with a sling and stones runs after he's like runs at him to kill him he didn't just like Oh, like, you know, he's running up to him and like, oh, I hope God's going to come through. Okay, hope he's going to come. No, he knew who was on him. He knew his guaranteed victory. He knew who he was, and he ran at, remember, on the offense. You run at the enemy. You don't wait for him to do something. You keep running. Get your momentum going. Keep it coming. Like that cold, it was like I come against that little scratchy thing in me because I'm free from the curse. Because curse was he that hung on the tree that the, that the, just left my head. <laughs> that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. And that by his stripes I was healed. And you get strong and you just keep running after him. Just keep running after him. And he, what happened? He killed Goliath with a rock. But because of what his spiritual armor was. Okay? So, that is having done all the stand, stand. I think that illustration is so cool. Because it's like, 
he not only knew who he served, but he knew the guarantee that I win. The guarantee that I can run at a nine-foot giant and kill him with rocks. What told him that would even work? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's like, but because of who he was and who he knew was on his side, he just went after the enemy on an offensive, not defensive, not waiting for the next punch, and hopefully I can stand up still. But it was, he was on the offense, running after him. So my last example is this. I said, hey, that's kind of like a second close. I had a first, and now this is my second close. <laughs> is this. Okay, now, there was another story that's um, by the pool of Bethesda. Do you guys remember this story? In John 5, um, John 5, verse 3, it talks about the pool of Bethesda. Now, in that pool, just I'll just read you a little bit just to kind of give you the background. It was, um, now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, and in these lay a great multitude of sick people would come, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. And an angel went down at a certain time into the pool, stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. So the minute this angel stirred the water, whoever got in there first, completely whole. Not just healed, whole. As if it never happened, right? So... Um, now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years, 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? That's a question to ourselves. How bad do I want it? How bad do I want it? That's a part of your stand. Like, how bad did David want to kill Goliath to honor the name of God? Bad enough to run after him, a nine-foot giant that could have killed him so easy. I mean, I won't go into the fact that he took Goliath's sword, how he even heaved it up there, I don't know, and cut his head off with his own sword. That's even cooler. Like, I mean, that's, yeah, anyway. And so then, so you have to know, how bad do I want it? Do I want it bad enough to fight for it? Do I want it bad enough to find my scriptures? Do I want it bad enough to stand even though I feel horrible? Do I want it bad enough to know my bills due in 24 hours? I still don't got it. Do I still want it? Do I, how bad do I want it? And that's what Jesus asked him. Do you want to be made well? You've been laying here for 38 years. <laughs> and the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water's stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Does that sound like a complaint and kind of wussy? Yes. It's like, seriously? It's like, I mean, I was thinking to myself as I was reading that, I would have, like, propped myself, like, right on the edge of the, like, where you're almost going to fall, like, the second. And I would just, like, flopped myself in there or something. I mean, I think, I don't know, I'm not a good excuse person. So, anyway, there's always a way, in God especially. <laughs> and then Jesus said to him, now, did Jesus go, aww? You've been here for 38 years, and everybody keeps cutting in front of you. You're right. That's so sad. No, he didn't. He said, rise up and walk. <laughs> he didn't even address all the <laughs> He was like, rise up and walk. How bad do you want this? How hard will you stand? Will you use your armor? Will you cut his head off? Will you? What will you do? And that creates a stress-free living <laughs> when you know okay I'm facing something now it's always going to be a moment I mean we have to be honest when you face something you're like Ooh, okay <laughs> this could make me shake but now you know what find out what your armor is find out your scripture you have an offense you're not on the defense. You're not a victim to the enemy. You're not just waiting for him to drop the next thing. We live our lives sometimes that way, just waiting for the next. Sometimes we don't want to say it out loud because then the devil will hear it, and then he'll fight me, and it'll be hard. No. You have to know that you know that you can be like David who walks out there and says, I'm not only going to, I'm going to cut your head off and 
feed all the Philistines to the birds. And it's like, you got to know that I have an offense every single time. No matter what you throw at me, I win. I just come after you aggressively. I don't give you a second word. I don't even let you anything. <laughs> I just smash you immediately. It's like, and you have to be like that. You have to decide that my stand is aggressive and offensive, and I don't get to say, well, people keep cutting in front of me, and I live here. And I hope you know I mean this in love. <laughs> but it's like, it's the answer to so many of our struggles is that we don't know who we are on the side of. We don't know who backs our fight. We don't. Sometimes we forget or we just don't know or we didn't take the time to remind ourselves and you gotta just sit down, you gotta grab this Bible, you gotta remind yourself what God said, you gotta remind yourself the armor that's on your body, put it on. I mean, we have Rodeo Bible Camp and we have a pastor there and he literally, for those of you who've been there know this, he literally leads us through the armor and we literally put it on. I put on the helmet of salvation. I put on the belt of truth. I have the breastplate of righteousness. Oops, sorry. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's like sometimes you just need to remind yourself, I am protected. And now, in it, like Pastor Jerry said, there's nothing on your backside. So that means offensive. You, like, go after him. You make your stand. You go on the offense. And you smash the devil and remind him, don't you ever try that again. You want a piece of me? Oh, I'm going to make you sad you ever mess with me. Yes. And my husband will attest that that's how I think of the devil. He's just stupid. It's like, oh, he's just irritating. And so let me make sure I've said everything God told me to. <laughs> so um, that's what we have. You know, that I know that I know that I know that once you've done all, then you stand knowing that your victory is guaranteed. There's no doubt. You win as long as you've done all, okay? Remember, it's not perfect, but it's what the Holy Spirit tells you. Take the time to hear it. Do the work, because then you get the, you get the victory. But if you don't do the work, don't be mad because you didn't get the victory. You, you, gotta, you gotta get that, we all do. I do too, believe me. <laughs> the confidence in the stand comes from your time committed to having done all. That's where you build your confidence. It's like, when you know how to play basketball, then you know that you can win. Well, when you know who God is, I'm his child, these are my promises, no matter what I face, I win. When you know that and you have your armor and you know it, then your confidence is through the roof, no matter what he throws at you. I'm not moved by how I feel. I don't care if I'm crying. I still win. I don't care if I feel horrid. I still win because, devil, you don't get nothing on me. You have nothing on me. I win. The end. I don't care how I feel. I win. Because these things that I looked up and I found. And then the last thing in the stand is this. Stay in the word. Keep yourself full. Don't just get your deal and then go on your merry way and forget to talk to God. <laughs> Stay full. Stay connected with the one that guarantees that you get to run after Goliath and cut his head off. Who doesn't want to win like that? I mean, I like that kind of win where you, like, smash him and there's no guess who won, right? I hate that I won by one point. I like that I won by 50 points. Like, that's how you win against the devil, right? And then go to church. Don't stay home from church. And don't, I'm not going to get too far into that, but don't stay home from church. Go to church where everybody gets to fuel you because we're all in a fight, right? Everybody's got to fight. Everybody does. Everybody does. So we can remind each other why we win. And we can encourage each other. And, and like, if, if Jennifer's fighting and, and I see that she's got to fight, I can use my sword to fight with her. Maybe I don't got one right this second. So I can fight with her. See, we got to come together because there's a corporate anointing that even makes us even more powerful. Okay? And pray in the spirit. If you're not spirit-filled, get spirit-filled. Pray in the spirit because the Holy Spirit is what empowers you. He gives you that thing that you can run after Goliath and whack his head off with Goliath's sword. How did he even pick that up? I mean, think about it. A nine-foot giant had to have a huge sword. And so he could pick that sword up and whack his head off and hold, yeah, sorry, and hold it up. 
And so, but you, you got to pray in the spirit. Let your spirit get strong. Pray in the spirit and stay connected. And then your stand is strong and you're guaranteed victory. Amen? Amen. 828, that ain't bad. So, let's pray. <laughs> Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to get to talk about your guaranteed victory on our behalf. Father, I thank you that all of us are choosing to do what it takes to be the kind of warrior that can come after the enemy. We're always on the offense. But God, we keep our momentum forward in you. It is nothing in our own strength, but it's everything in your strength, God. And I just thank you that we all have come together, Father, and we receive every revelation you have for us tonight. And that we go home and we do something with it. We look at our fights. We find our scriptures. God, lead us. Holy Spirit, give us revelation. And we just thank you for that. And I plead the blood over this night and this message and these revelations. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.